0: Alright, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Sunday night as I'm recording this. Uh, late into the evening, I had a couple things come up, so, so apologize if this podcast gets out a little bit later, uh, but I did make a really nice red pepper fettuccine dish, uh, which was pretty, pretty good. So, uh, your boy's growing. Your boy's. Uh, Your boy's actually trying to live life now. So all is well, all is good in the Blackburn household. Uh, This podcast, as you know, is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code MHS if you sign up. Let them know that you came from us. Uh, This podcast is going to be my NBA draft and free agency primer uh, heading into what is bound to be just an incredibly busy two weeks. I'm already uh, geared up for it. It is going to be difficult. I've been putting in a lot of work. If you haven't read, I put together a article over the weekend that was about the $5.3 million trade exception that Denver has that is going to expire roughly four days into free agency on August 6th. Uh, that is going to be uh, next Friday, uh, not this coming Friday, but the next Friday. And Denver has until that time to use that particular piece to add to their roster. And so I wrote a bunch of words about it. If you're interested in hearing some trade targets, then these are kinds of the names that I think people should be looking at. And like, if you're you're being ambitious, this is some of the stuff that you're trying to look for to really bolster Denver's roster. Uh, But beyond that, uh, this podcast is going to be about some of the other things that have come out. Jermichael Green has opted out of his contract. Uh, Will Barton opted out last week. Jermichael Green opts out this past weekend. Uh, there's a lot of things that I think Nuggets fans need to start thinking about as what makes sense for this particular Nuggets group. And they have maximum flexibility now in order to kind of pivot and do all those things to get them done. Uh, but we'll talk about that in the first segment. We'll talk about some of this, just the Random NBA free agency rumors that have come out over these past couple days, uh, Zach Lowe, Adrian Wojnarowski, and others have really put out a lot of great information in terms of what to expect for this free agency period. And so, I want to kind of go over some of those things. And then, final segment, I'm going to go over the NBA draft big board that I posted on Twitter. Uh, We're going to have adjoining uh, stuff. And another separate big board and a mock draft on Denver Stiffs. Uh, We're not doing that until Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, right before the draft. So make sure to stay tuned. Make sure to check that out. But should be a lot of fun. We have done a lot of great work over there. And the uh, latest preview that's going up there, the prospect profile is Joshua Primo, who is the youngest player in the draft from Alabama. Gordon Gross is putting that one up. He's done a great job. Uh, But for now, let's get into the news. Uh, Jermichael Green, he opts out of his $7.6 million player option. Uh, This was the right call for him personally because he had a pretty good year, averaged about 20 minutes a night, played a key role on Denver's rotation for the playoffs. And though he wasn't a starter, he was absolutely somebody who at 6'8 with a 39% three-point shot uh, plays good solid defense. Teams can look at and think, okay, this is a player that we could add to our rotation and he'd play about 20 solid minutes for us. And there are teams that will pay for that. There are absolutely teams that will try to throw some offers at him. Now, it's been reported by Shams, by Woj, by I think our own Mike Singer at the Denver Post that there is mutual interest between the between Michael Green and the Nuggets to try to get a deal done. So that's good. Uh, you, want, you want to see if you could get a good team friendly contract. Uh, but what I think is really at stake here the Nuggets did a one plus one player option last year with Jamichael Green, and I don't think he wants to do the same thing again. Or if he does it, then it's to lock in that extra year. He had a guaranteed year this season that he decided to forego in order to get a, a longer term deal. Uh, Same thing with Will Barton from about a week ago or so. Those decisions are basically trying to loop in that extra guaranteed year or two and maybe get a raise here or there. This is something that Jermichael Green can definitely do. And like I said, he will get offers. So it is in Denver's best interest to try to agree to something with him, potentially longer term, but also a smaller dollar amount. Or maybe they just want to do another 1 plus 1 and see where things are. It wouldn't surprise me if Denver decided, hey, another 1 plus 1 with the player option on the end is a good idea. As you get to Green for this year, you figure out what he wants to do at the end of that with the player option. And if he wants to, he can opt into it. If not, then he opts out and Denver gets a little bit of cap relief for when Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, presumably, uh, and others are potentially going to have a big contract kick in. So going to be interesting to see what happens. In addition, Zeke Naji at that point might be more ready than he probably is right now to be able to step into a major role. So we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. But here's where Denver's roster currently stands as of this moment. You have 10 players under roster, Nikola Okic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Monte Morris, Michael Porter, Faku Campazzo, Zeke Naji, Bull Bull, P.J. Dozier, and Vlaco Chanchar. Those are descending from highest salary in this next season to lowest salary. And presumably, if Denver drafts somebody at 26th overall, that will be an 11th person. Two-way contracts don't count against the cap. And they also aren't going to go to any of the guys that Denver currently has as free agents right now. So presumably, unless Denver removes somebody who's under contract going forward, whether it's Flacco and his non-guaranteed deal, whether they move somebody like Bull Bull, unless they do that, then they have four open roster spots right now, and they have an estimated 105 million guaranteed going into next season that is about 6.7 million uh, below the luxury tax and 31.4 million below the luxury tax line I I, I I meant salary cap 6.7 million below the salary cap and 31.4 million below the luxury tax that's where they currently stand and so they have, Thirty-one point four million to pay four players, and you could choose between any of your current guys on the roster, whether it's or that are aren't on the roster but are your free agents: uh, Will Barton, Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap, Javale McGee, Austin Rivers, Marcus Howard, Shaq Harrison. You could choose to pay those guys. Or you could choose to go out and get somebody else. And so Denver is probably going to explore both avenues. They've always been a team that is generally pretty happy with the roster that they have. And Will Barton is somebody that they've been happy with. And and he's been a part of things for a long time. He's been here for nearly seven years. Paul Millsap has been here for four years. Marcus Howard is a guy that they added. Jamaico Green, JaVale McGee, Austin Rivers, those guys are guys that they added this past year, but still might want to try to keep them around to keep that chemistry going. But here's the thing. Uh, Denver isn't going to use the same guys that they had on two-way contracts for consecutive seasons. That's not something they're going to do. They're either going to upgrade those guys to one of the roster spots Uh, that's Marcus Howard, Shaq Harrison, or they're going to just let those guys go, let them find other spots, and then sign new two-way players. That's what I would expect them to do. They haven't done anything different as of now. But so to that, or that to me, means that Denver has seven players, seven of their own free agents, that are competing for about four roster spots unless they move somebody. And I think it's very possible that they move Bol Bol or even Vlacko. But I would be surprised if one of the other players was moved. So you're trying to fill that starting shooting guard spot. It might be PJ Dozier who does it. Will Barton was the guy who did it last year. And I think that that's something that they would try to consider. So if you pay Barton, then that leaves less money for the other players or the other three, because if you pay him eleven million, that leaves about twenty million below the luxury tax line to fill out the three other spots, and that includes re-signing Jermichael Green, for example, re-signing uh, Javale McGee, and maybe potentially using the mid-level exception, which is up to nine point five million. So. If you sign Barton to a deal that it has is for 15 million in the first year, and then you try to sign somebody to the MLE, which is worth 9.5 million, then that's 24.5, which leaves you with about seven million left to go after uh, yeah, seven million left to fill the other two spots, which means that you're probably pricing yourself out of Jermichael Green's uh, potential option. So these are decisions that Denver has to figure out. They have to figure out, okay, are we willing to pay the tax? If the answer is yes, then maybe these questions are moot. Maybe you just want to field the best possible team that you can. However, I don't know if the Nuggets are willing to pay the tax. I think that it's fair to say, based off of their recent history, based off of what they have facing in front of them, with the jump that Michael Porter is going to have, the Aaron Gordon potential extension if they sign one, Uh, whatever, that Denver's going to be in luxury tax hell for a while. So they may try to avoid the repeater for one more year, especially like I think they'd be justified in doing so, given that Jamal Murray is still coming off of injury. And yet this is something that like, if you want to field the best possible team, then you don't cheap out and go under the luxury tax. So I think both things can be true And Denver's, they're gonna have to just pick one side or the other of this coin that you're probably going to see. So, you have to weigh the options. You have to weigh the long-term financial health, as well as what the playoff rotation is going to be. If you're looking for financial health, then I think that just promoting somebody like Marcus Howard to a the standard Monte Morris contract, the PJ Dozier contract, what Denver has done for their previous two-way guys. You give them a guaranteed deal that has a couple of unguaranteed or non-guaranteed years on the end of it, maybe one, maybe two, and you're doing pretty well at that point. And Marcus Howard would probably be happy with that because he's sticking in the league. He's with a team that he's comfortable with. Uh, I don't know how helpful Marcus Howard would be for Denver's playoff push, which is why I sort of hesitate at that idea think it might not be a bad idea to try to trade and acquire somebody who might play a different position or is a little bit better. Or like if it's the traded player exception that I mentioned at the top of this, then maybe you go get a guy like Troy Brown Jr. from the Chicago Bulls or Daniel House from the Houston Rockets or somebody else. Uh, Maybe it's Marcus All, And you're looking to fill the center void behind Nikola Jokic. And instead of going small, you have a traditional kind of Jokic facsimile that you can consistently use throughout the regular season and maybe even into the playoffs. And it helps you in the regular season because Marcus Gasol, still very good, still a good outside shooter and a great passer and a solid defender. So might not be a bad idea. These are the questions you have to weigh. And at this point, I think it's important to noting that if Denver has serious aspirations for competing with a champ for a championship, right now, here are the only players that I think are guaranteed to be in the playoff rotation that are on their roster right now. Jamal Murray, if healthy, Monte Morris, PJ Dozier, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. So you get Murray and you get Dozier back from this past group, but think about all the other players that Denver was playing during this process. Uh, Thaku, Kompazo, who may or may not be in the playoff rotation, and I'm I'm not sure I'd be super happy with that, but maybe he is, and maybe he continues to improve. Uh, Marcus Howard or Shaq Harrison, one of the two of those guys. Will Barton, who's now, like, he could be gone, he could be back, but I'm sort of leaning gone at this point. Uh, you had Jamichael Green, and you had Paul Millsap, and you're hoping that one of those spots is replaced by Zeke Naji, but you're also not certain. You're also still trying to figure out whether that's a good idea or not. And it probably is. I believe in Zeke Naji, but there's also a possibility that he's not ready. And Denver should probably account for that. So, you need to figure out the wing spot. You need to figure out the starting shooting guard. You need to figure out the backup small forward things like that. Is that Will Barton, Austin Rivers on your current roster? I don't know. Will Barton you can pay. You can't pay Austin Rivers because you signed him to a one-year deal in the middle of the season, which means that you don't have bird rights. Bird rights allow you to pay basically whatever you need to above the salary cap in order to keep somebody below the max. Austin Rivers, because he was on a one-year deal, he can only be paid I believe, 20% more than what he made for Denver, which prorated, that probably means about 2.5 million or so. He's probably getting more than that from somebody else, which means he's probably gone unless Denver uses part of their mid-level exception on him, which, hey, maybe, maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. But if you're paying those guys, you have to figure out what you're doing in the backup. Uh, with the big man spots? Are you going to play Jermichael Green and Zeke Nagy behind Nicole Jokic and Aaron Gordon? Are you going to bring back Paul Millsap? Are you going to bring back JaVale McGee? Are you going to try to add somebody else, which might not be a bad idea? Denver has so much to think about. They have a lot of opportunity to be flexible and not a lot of resources. In order to get that done. So they have to maximize, they have to figure it out. And I think that they could do that, but it's going to be tough. And so that's why I'm going over this now, because if Denver just ends up bringing back Will Barton and Jermichael Green, that's fine. They'll have the MLE in order to add somebody new. And they also have this traded player exception, which might be able to give them some other option that they wouldn't previously have had. Now, that might not be the case. And we might be looking back at this as, man, Will Barton left, Jamichael Green left. You're bringing back Paul Millsap to try to fill a 15-minute-per-game role, bringing back JaVale McGee again to try to do the same thing. And you're just scrambling at that point. That would be a tough situation for Denver heading into this year. It'll be two off seasons in a row where they're operating at a disadvantage because one of their projected starters leaves. That'd be really tough. So we will see what happens. We'll cover it all here at Denver Stiffs uh, and on this podcast, Pickaxe and Roll. When we come back, we are going to go over some of these other free agency rumors that have come out and I'll talk about how it relates to the Nuggets and whatnot. But first, This podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I love DraftKings, as everybody here should as well. Uh, They are continuing to do some great promotions. They're betting on the Olympics, (laughs) betting on pretty much everything under the sun right now. Uh, Baseball is still in full swing, doing a lot of great stuff there. Uh, There are some teams that Give you a lot of money. If you you just bet on the under for them, if you bet on them not to cover, you are generally going to make a lot of money because there are a lot of teams in baseball that uh, aren't very good. So there are some major opportunities to be making some money there. And DraftKings, they help you out. They, They give you all these great deals. They give you these opportunities. So if you're interested in that, if you're interested in basketball betting when it comes back around, make sure to use promo code MHS when you sign up. That helps let them know that you came from me. That helps let them know that you're listening to this podcast, and it makes a big, big difference. Let me tell you that. Uh, if you're interested, definitely do that. If not, no, you're, you're of course interested. Why not? Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much for tuning in let's go over some of these rumors that have come out uh specifically with some of the big names as well as this point guard market that i think is going to be pretty interesting uh starting with bradley beal who uh adrian washenarowski zach lowe on their special they made sure to bring up bradley beal who i think it's it's going to be really interesting to see what he does uh the Washington Wizards, as you know, they just got new coach Wes Unseld Jr. from the Nuggets. Uh, good vibes. Met with them. Honestly, like it's a, it's a tough situation because there's just so little cap flexibility there because of the two big contracts that they have, and they've already signed Davis Bertans. They've got some other guys that they're tied into. Uh, And they're just kind of waiting for the development to kick in with some of the young guys. So it's not surprising to me that uh, as another offseason kind of rolls in, Bradley Beal is thinking about his future and think, okay, maybe maybe it would be the right time to leave. Maybe this is the right time that if I want to win a championship, do I think I can do it in Washington? Maybe, maybe not. So he's weighing on that. Uh, Apparently... Uh, There's going to be a lot of teams that will be interested in Bradley Beal. Don't get me wrong. Denver will probably call as well. Apparently, the Warriors are still going – they're going to target him. Like, he's at the top of the list. That's something that Marcus Thompson of The Athletic reported uh, a couple days ago. And it doesn't really surprise me because they want to maximize the prime of Stephen Curry – Uh, as Clay Thompson comes back from injury, as Draymond Green is still healthy and doing a lot of good things defensively, and with the ball in his hands as a playmaker, they want to take advantage of Steph being Steph. And if you can get in another all-star, like a Beal, that absolutely helps kind of relieve some of the pressure, especially that's on Clay Thompson to come back in and be great immediately. You don't want him to have to do that coming off of multiple injuries. So not surprising. Uh, I assume that they would be throwing out their seventh overall pick, 14th overall pick, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman. Potentially some other stuff too, maybe future picks. That's a decent deal. Like, it's not that bad. And if the Warriors are, no, excuse me, if the Wizards are interested in rebuilding, especially with Wes Anseld there, you just signed a new coach. You don't want him to put it, be put in a situation where, oh, yeah, we're going to have Russell Westbrook for another year, and we're going to have Bradley Beal for maybe half a year. And now you have to deal with the angst of that. Maybe you get on the wrong side of somebody. And instead, you're focusing on the wrong things when you should be focusing on the development of your team. So I wonder if just this is the right time to do it. I think it's personally the right time to do it for the Wizards. Like, they, they've they tried. They definitely tried to get there, and, like, they are so far away still. So, there's going to be a market for Beal. It's probably not going to be as strong as the market is for Damian Lillard. Uh, those guys are in different tiers as players. Uh, but I'm really hoping that they figure it out for Wes Ansel Jr.'s sake, because he's going to be set up to fail if they put him in that situation. So, kind of like Steven Silas was for Houston last year in the middle of the James Harden stuff. So we could have Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, and Ben Simmons all on the market, as well as possibly Pascal Siakam. That's somebody that I don't know if that's public yet, but it just would not surprise me at all if the Raptors used getting the fourth overall pick, Kyle Lowry's free agency, use that as an opportunity to kind of pivot into what they want to do next. And it wouldn't surprise me if that means a rebuild is on the way. They had a really tough year. Uh, It doesn't look like it's going to get any easier, especially if Lowry, one of their best players ever, is on the move. So they've got to figure it out. Like They can't just tread water here. So it wouldn't surprise me if Pascal Siakam's added to that list. And so... Does it make sense for Denver to trade for any of those guys? Right now, probably not. Uh, Any of those deals for Lillard, Beal, Simmons, Siakam, it's almost certainly going to cost Jamal Murray or Michael Porter. And I just don't really feel like considering those moves at the moment because Denver has given zero indication that they'd be willing to part with those guys. Denver has gotten to this place where they are right now. With Jokic at the top, Murray right next to him, Porter, he averaged 19 points per game as a second-year player at 6'10 and doing some incredible stuff. So I would sort of be shocked if they decided to pivot now, but especially because the, the cap stuff that they have right now is really, really tough. They would have to pair Michael Porter with Aaron Gordon because Will Barton has expired unless he agreed to assign and trade it in one of these locations. And I just don't see him doing that. So you would have to trade Gordon and Porter in order to acquire a Lillard or a Beal or a Simmons or somebody like that. I just don't see Denver doing that. And I don't really want to consider it because of how much effort they put into putting around the correct pieces into a contending team. It was Jokic and Murray first, then they got Porter, then they got Gordon, and they added that to Barton. Um, Like they had the makings. And so throwing those makings away for the potential opportunity to play a third superstar, maybe, like maybe that's the right call, but it isn't for me. So I'm just not going to consider it. But another team will. Frankly, some of those guys could be traded for each other. Whether it's Simmons and Beal, Simmons and Lillard, Siakam and Simmons, like Pascal Siakam and Bradley Beal, you never know. So it would be interesting to see uh, the point guard market. Let's talk about that real quick because I think that's an interesting one. Uh, you've got Chris Paul, you've got Kyle Lowry, you've got Lonzo Ball, you've got Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Dennis, obviously, and and frankly Lonzo too. Those guys don't belong in the same class as a Lowry or a or CP3 especially, but uh, they're going to be paid. They're going to get paid because teams pay for point guards. That is something that has been tail as old as time. Uh, so let's play point guard matchmaker real quick. I think there are eight teams that I came up with on the top of my head that are involved here. You've got Phoenix, it's Chris Paul's home. Toronto, Kyle Lowry's home. New Orleans, Lonzo Ball's home. And L.A. Lakers as the home of Dennis Schroeder. Any of those four teams could go after the others. Like Phoenix, they're probably going to want to retain Chris Paul at all costs. And whether he just picks up his player option or he agrees to an extension, that's probably what's going to happen there. But Kyle Lowry, could he go to New Orleans? Could he go to... You can't really sign him and have him go to L.A., but unless they really organized a painful sign and trade uh could he go to dallas like i think kyle lowry could very well go to new orleans that's been rumored uh mark stein reported that and i think that that's that's something that they are going to try to do in new orleans because they know the value they've seen what chris paul did for the phoenix suns could kyle lowry do that for the new orleans pelicans and Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, I don't know. Probably not, but you never know. Yeah, the Dallas Mavericks, Philadelphia 76ers, Miami Heat, Chicago Bulls. Like, there are a lot of teams that I think are going to be in the market for these point guards. It wouldn't surprise me if because of that, Kyle Lowry gets a $25, $30 million contract. Maybe even higher. Wouldn't surprise me if Lonzo Ball gets 20 to 25 million annually from one of these teams. They want the opportunity to add somebody like him because they think that he has another level to go. And maybe that's true. Dennis Schroeder as well. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Dennis Schroeder decides, yeah, I, I didn't really like what happened in LA. What if I could just go to this other place, like Chicago, and get the same money and also play with Zach Levine and have a little bit more power other than playing with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Clutch. Like, there's something to be said for that if you're Dennis Schroeder and how how much he struggled initially, but also how little he was appreciated in general. So maybe that's something that they consider. It's also something, it's also a reason why I don't seriously expect the Nuggets to pursue Lonzo Ball. If he's going to get 20 million, then you as Denver have to find a way to clear 20 million in space. And you can do it in part with a sign and trade. But in order to make that work, in order to make that viable, Denver would probably have to cut Flacco Chanchar, which, okay. They would probably have to move Bull Ball and Monte Morris in the trade. And then you are up to about, I don't know, that's 11 million. $13 Thirteen million. So you're you're at about twenty million at that point. So you could do it, but that means that you are left with a roster of Jokic, Murray, uh, Gordon, Michael Porter, Falco, Compazzo, Zeke Naji, and PJ Dozier. And so you add Lonzo Ball to that, and you're thinking, okay, pretty good. Let's go find our other guys. Well, you can't sign anybody else because you had to renounce the rights to Will Barton, Paul Millsap. To Michael Green, Austin Rivers, and JaVale McGee because their bird rights and their cap holds are also counting against the salary cap in this situation. You can't sign somebody like Lonzo Ball and just then sign your own guys after that. So you'd be trading to acquire Lonzo Ball. You'd be trading Monte Morris, Will Barton, Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap, JaVale McGee, and potentially others. It's a lot. I'm not sure he's that valuable. If he is, then maybe make the deal. But good God, it's it's tough to build a roster like that. So Denver's going to have to consider that. And it's one of the reasons why I think they're probably just more likely to bring back their guys if they want to, if they can, and then use the MLE. Last one before we hit a break here. Uh, Cam Reddish. He was in in a piece by Jonathan Gavoni. I think it was actually his mock draft at ESPN. Uh, he had it rumored that Atlanta was curiously they're trying to kick the can down the road with some of the wings that they have. Uh, like they've got a bunch of wings. They've got Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, who was very good, uh, Tony Snell, who they probably want to re-sign. They've also got. Danilo Gallinari, John Collins, Clint Capella, Onyeka Kongwu in the front court, and they have Trey Young in the backcourt at, at point guard. So they've got a lot of players, a lot of pieces, and they really like Hunter. So they, it came out at least, that they were interested in trading Cam Reddish for a draft pick, potentially a first rounder in this year's draft. So there are teams that I think would be interested in that. Denver should be one of those teams. Cam Radish, I know he has been inefficient. I know he has struggled in terms of his shooting efficiency while playing in Atlanta. Playing with Jokic is different. He'll get different opportunities. And he's also a really good defender. He's six foot eight. He's long. He's athletic. He's versatile. Uh, he's a bulldog on ball. So it wouldn't surprise me if Denver was would consider somebody like him and say, hey, Maybe you could compete at the starting shooting guard in place of Will Barton, in place of uh, P.J. Dozier, somebody like that. There is something to be said for that and adding talent in that regard. So that would be a great way for Denver to use their traded player exception. Use that and use the 26th overall pick and go get a a potential starting wing. It's not bad. Uh, We'll see what they ultimately do. We'll see what Atlanta wants Uh, That's something that I would consider, but maybe that's not something that the Nuggets would consider. Maybe they're thinking that they want to give PJ Dosher the shot at the job. And if that's the case, then I don't blame them. I like PJ a lot. But I thought it was an interesting rumor to throw out there. Denver, maybe they get involved. Maybe this is just posturing. Uh, But Atlanta's about to get really expensive, especially coming off of their run. So they're going to try to pay everybody, and it's going to cost a lot of money when they do. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we are going to go over the NBA draft big board that I have. Just going to run through some names here, share some takes. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Denver Stiffs final segment here. This is pickaxe and roll. I butchered that. <laughs> That's okay. I'm pretty tired, folks. Um So I wanted to share my thoughts on the draft. We're going to be it's going to be very interesting to see where all of these guys uh kind of filter in here, but uh Denver there, hey, have the 26th overall pick. They're not going to have access to most of the top guys, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether some of those top guys are able to fall And So I wanted to do a Nuggets-related big board because I think these are more interesting for Denver fans. Uh, You want to know which players Denver is going to target, which players Denver is interested in, what what they might think of. Uh, I think that they're going to go guard. I think they're going to go wing. And so a lot of those guys have really risen to the top. And Not a lot of the bigs have, for the, and a lot of the reason for that is I just haven't evaluated a lot of great bigs in this class. There just aren't that many of them, and the couple that are are there, they aren't great fits. And so you think about what Denver is dealing with on their roster right now. Okay, maybe you need a backup center. Maybe you need somebody like that for uh, helping to rest Nikola Jokic. I'm not sure that guy is readily available in this draft you're probably going to want to develop somebody like that, but I don't know. We're just going to have to see. Uh, but for now, let's let's get into this list. I want to read this off really quick, get everybody's takes in the comments. Uh, if you're interested, hit me up on Twitter or in the Denver Stiffs comment section. You can uh, share your thoughts on my list. Uh, it's going to look a little bit different from normal big boards from the standard mock drafts. Uh, tier one, stars that transcend fit. You just take this guy and run. It's only one of them. Cade Cunningham, going to be great. Don't really need to explain that. I think he's going to be a great six foot eight playmaker. He would really help every team, including Denver. Tier two, stars that need a good fit. I've got Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs. Uh, All four of those guys I think have really good star potential. Scotty Barnes is one that I think most people are like, eh, I'm not sure about that. But I think Scotty Barnes is great. I think he would be a great fit in Denver, especially, like kind of filling that Aaron Gordon role uh, as a playmaker, as a switchable defender. He ran point guard uh, at Florida State. Being able to do that at six foot eight is really, really impressive. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Tier three, you've got your high quality starters. There are only two players in this list, uh, two players in this category. It's Josh Giddy. Uh, who plays in Australia. He played for the NBL. He's another six foot eight playmaker. He's very skinny, real thin, uh, but he's an incredible passer. He is just like, that is something that I think he's going to be very good. I think he's going to be like Lamelo in the NBA, maybe a little bit less good, not quite the athlete, not quite the shooter yet. But if he gets those points, if he can develop that, like he's still 18 years old. I think there is a realistic possibility that he's one of the better players in this draft. And Jonathan Kaminga is the other one. I'm not really like super sold on Kaminga, but if he fell to Denver at 26, then like, sure, yeah, you're definitely taking somebody like that for the sole reason that like he's too talented to pass up at that spot. Like, I just, like, six foot eight, versatile, good score. Uh, not a great shooter, not a great playmaker, but if he can develop those parts of his game, then uh, you never know. Tier four, you've got your complimentary starters. I've got 10 players in this tier. Just going to run through them all. Moses Moody, uh, Franz Wagner, Jaden Springer, Miles McBride, Chris Duarte, Trey Murphy, Keon Johnson, Usman Garuba, Ayo Dusumu. And Jared Butler. There's a wide range of players there in terms of the talent level. Moses Moody's the most talented of those guys. Franz Wagner's right behind him. Uh, but Jaden Springer and Miles McBride, Deuce McBride, those are two guys that I'm going to stake my claim to and say, I think they're going to be great at the next level the next level, excuse me. They are going to be players that you want on your roster because of how much easier they make the game for their stars. Uh, those guys are going to be. I think they're going to be point guard defenders. I think they're going to be combo guards on the offensive end, and you want them to make life difficult for the opposing team's ball handler. And they have the athleticism, they have the mentality in order to do that. The question is what they can do on the offensive end. I think that Jaden Springer is going to be a very interesting cutter, uh, backdoor guy, somebody you can create off the dribble get to the rim. If he can hit spot-up threes, then that's probably enough. Deuce McBride, pull-up specialist, somebody who does great in the mid-range, somebody who can push it out to the long range. If he can shoot 40% from three on pull-up threes while playing the defense that he can, that is an elite role player right there. And there's no reason to believe that he can't do those things because he was very efficient at what he did at West Virginia, so we'll see what happens. Chris Duarte at twelve, your standard, your stereotypical. Uh, this could be the fifth starter because he looks like a fourth or fifth starter already. Uh, good three and D option. Trey Murphy also good three and D option. Keon Johnson more athletic than any of and any player in this draft. Like he's the most athletic person. Jumped forty eight inches in the air at the combine. He broke the combine record. Now, I don't know if he's a good basketball player, and we're going to figure that out, but he has the physicality to be able to do that. And there are certain things that when you watch his form on his jumper, it looks pretty good. Like He can make some of those shots, uh, but it might just take some time. Uh, And if he can get out in the open floor, then he's a killer already. So we'll see. Ayo Desumu is another player from Illinois, Jr., Like I I would be surprised if he was taken before Denver's pick, but he would be somebody I'd be very comfortable with them selecting. Six foot five, six foot eight wingspan, uh, 26 and five in college, won the award for best point guard in the country, and he's six foot five and profiles to be a, a combo guard at the next level. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. But... If he's on the board at 26 and the other guys above him are off the board, then I would draft Ayo Jusuma because he's a good defensive player as well. And Jared Butler right below him, like solid Baylor option. Somebody who I think is going to be really great uh, in terms of just orchestrating everything sort of like Monte Morris, but a little bit better defensively. We will see if he's as efficient in the mid range, as efficient on a pull up three as somebody like Monte is, but uh Jared Butler, talented player, good physical option. Like, it would surprise me if he didn't succeed. Tier five next. Uh, this is 18 to 24. These are players that I, I think are good enough to be drafted by Denver, but don't really fit well. You've got James Booknight uh, from UConn, who's like, he's been flying up draft boards. He's probably going in the top 10, despite I'm not sure if he's like. That dude, but if he shoots really well, then we'll just see. Next is Alperon Sengun. He is a Turkish center, a Turkish big man who he just looks really, really talented. Like, it's there's not a lot for me else to say. Like, he's very physical, he's very dynamic. Uh, He can make outside jump shots. He can go to the rim. Has some good post footwork. Like, there's just a lot of great things that I see him see him doing in the Turkish League. And so, is he going to be good enough defensively at the next level? I don't know, but he's going to be good enough offensively. And the problem is that Denver already has Jokic. Like, you're not going to draft somebody like him if you have Nikola Jokic. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So. We'll see what they ultimately do. But if he dropped to 26, then like, yeah, I would draft him because he's going to be a good player. So same goes for somebody like Corey Kispert from Gonzaga, like elite shooter, like versatile shooter, somebody who can do a lot. Uh, Also has the athleticism to go to the rim and some ball handling too. Uh, Davion Mitchell from uh, Baylor. I think Jared Butler is a better player than him and would fit better in Denver. But Davion Mitchell, if he fell to twenty six, and Denver needed somebody who could be a point guard defender, somebody who's a combo guard a little bit, I just think he's going to be affected by his size more so than most. Like because he's six foot, he's six foot flat, and or is he six foot? No, he might be six foot two. I don't know. I've heard various measurements, and some of it's wrong. I know, but. Uh, I don't trust the jumper, and I don't necessarily trust the defense being more than anything like a Patrick Beverly. Kai Jones, Cam Thomas, Sharif Cooper. Uh, Kai Jones is a center from Texas who's like people think he might be Miles Turner. I, I will see. Cam Thomas, electric scorer from LSU, who he's pretty good. He gets to the he gets to the rim a lot, gets free throws a lot. Uh, Didn't shoot very efficiently. We'll see if that translates to the next level. He kind of seems like somebody who will shoot inefficiently. So I'm not really super high on him. And then Sharif Cooper, six foot point guard, does a lot of great talented things. But like, I would be concerned if I were drafting him Uh, just because, especially for Denver, like you've already got Murray, you've already got Morris. Like, what do you need Sharif Cooper for? And then tier six is highly ranked players that I don't really believe in. These are guys that would be in the top like 25 or so, but I'm not really sure I like them a lot. And that's Zaire Williams from Stanford, Jalen Johnson from Duke, or not really from Duke anymore, and Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. These are high profile recruits who didn't really do a lot in college to instill a lot of confidence. And for one reason or another... I would just rather avoid these guys because I, I I don't know how to grade them. I don't know how to evaluate them without getting to know them, and I can't get to know these guys that well. Like that's just something that it's never gonna happen, so it's fine. Um uh, And then just the highlights of the tier six role players. I'm I'm just gonna go about eight deep or so. Uh, these are guys that I think Denver could realistically draft at 26, and I, I would consider it an overdraft. Like, I would prefer for them to draft somebody that's before this. But if they drafted one of these guys, then it's fine. Uh, and, and Tim Connolly knows better than me, to be cr- to be clear. Uh, 28, Quinton Grimes from Houston. Denver already brought him in, he's very interesting. Uh, 29, Joel Ayayi. It wouldn't surprise me if Denver was very interested in Ayayi because of just his general fit how he played at Gonzaga. Uh, he seems like a guy who I could I could see Denver drafting. Or maybe they trade down and try to find him as well. 30, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Villanova forward, somebody who's switchable defensively, uh, needs to work on his three-point shot. But if he can figure that out, he's going to be a good role player at the next level. That's all Denver really just needs at that spot. 31, Joshua Primo. Alabama guard. Uh, he's been mocked to Denver several times because they like young guys. They've, they've drafted young guys before. I don't know if they're going to go as young as Primo because he still has a lot to work on, and I don't really know what he does at the next level, but we will ultimately see. Uh, maybe he's somebody that Tim Connolly and Michael Malone feel like they can mold into something better. Trey Mann at 32 he's from Florida. Not a really big fan of his game, but if Denver needs some immediate scoring, then wouldn't surprise me if they went his direction. 33, Kessler Edwards from Pepperdine. Uh, another versatile forward. A little bit better of a defender than Robinson Earl, in my opinion. I have concerns about Kessler Edwards as an offensive player, uh, but we'll see. 34, Jason Preston. He's the point guard that they brought in from Ohio. Uh, Really great story. And he just profiles to me like a backup point guard. So if they're looking for somebody in the second round like that, then that wouldn't surprise me. But given that they have Murray, Morris, and Compasso right now, I doubt that they would just go for somebody like that. And then last one we'll do Aaron Henry, number 35 on my board. Uh, Michigan State. Good defensive player, bigger wing than some of these other guys, a little bit stockier. Uh, He was the first option at Michigan State when he probably shouldn't be. But I think he's better as an offensive player than most people are giving him credit for. And if you kind of reduce some of that workload a little bit, make him focus on some other things, then I think he could turn into a really solid wing. So if he does, that would put him in Denver's rotation. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into this podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I will be back on Wednesday with a special guest, a draft expert, who is going to take us more through these draft names, and we're going to bandy about about some of these guys. And if there is some draft news, then we will cover that there. Uh, But for now, we will see what happens, and I'll have you covered on everything that comes our way. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.